All right. So let me say good morning to those who are um, on this uh, this last class of the book of um, Acts, the survey of the book of Acts. Um, it may not feel like a survey because of how um, deep we are we are going um, into this book or how we are approaching this book. As you see, we did not hit every chapter. Um, every verse um, in this study, but like I said, it's a survey. So we're kind of just doing a, um, a view from the air, 30,000 view from the air, um, trying to wrap our minds around the concepts of the book of Acts. And, um, and uh, so it's been a journey. We have um, been on this journey for 14 weeks and this is the last week. So we do praise God <laughs> for, for that. So if you are if you made it through, I, I definitely congratulate you um, for making it thus far on um, through uh, not only the, the survey of the Book of Acts, but the TLC program altogether. So I definitely congratulate you all. Um, of course, remember to sign up for the next class if you have not um, signed up for the next class. Um, books are in um, for um, discipleship class. Um, that class will actually take place on the following Saturday. So next Saturday, we will have off. What is that? The, I think it's the fifth or the, I can't remember the date for that Saturday, but, um, that's the fifth, the fifth. Okay. Yeah. So the fifth. And so then we'll, we'll meet together on the following, um, the following Saturday, um, so, uh, remember to sign up for, for this class. I will not be at church today. Um, but, um, on Wednesday, I'll make sure to have the books, uh, for those who said who, who were going to pick up books. Um, those who, who wanted books shipped to them, um, they have been shipped. Um, just need to ship one more. Um, but remember if you don't sign up for the class, you will not get a book. Okay. So that's the way I keep track of um, the funds and keep track of how many books are being um, uh, sent out uh, so that we can be a steward over um, what God has given uh, to us to um, continue in this discipleship program. Okay, so um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to say for, for that. Um, so like I said, this is the last week of um, the uh, survey of the book of Acts. And I am excited um, that we've got to this point. First, I want to apologize to those who were looking for um, the videos on the website, but the videos are on YouTube. I just didn't get a chance to transfer them to, to the website um, to create the, the landing page for each class, but they all are on the website. I mean, on, on well, they are on the website now. Uh, so all the classes, all the notes, um, all the outlines, everything is on the website, uh, ready to go. So if you miss a class or you want to go back and, and take notes, um, you can definitely do so. Um, like I said, you can always reach out to me if you have any questions um, concerning the materials that we have covered. Um, and so, um, Yep. So pretty much every class that we have taken is on the Institute website. So anytime you want to go back um, to the archives and watch intro to the Bible or Bible study methods, um, Old Testament, New Testament survey, survey of the Gospels, 
uh, we've we've covered a lot so far. So it, it's a it's it's a great um, thing um, that we have um, an archive that you can go back and refresh yourself. Um, I do it all the time. Uh, go back and refresh myself, especially dealing with the Old Testament. Right now, I'm doing a study of the prop, not the prophets, but the poets. Those always trip me up for some reason. So uh, just just going back and, and studying and looking at that. And we talked about that in the old uh, survey of the Old Testament, um, talked about the prophets and I mean, um, poetry, um, looking at um, the various literary structures of poetry. I was never good in English uh, uh, in school. So looking at uh, literary structure and all that stuff of, of poetry, that just makes my head spin. So um, definitely continue to educate yourself, definitely continue to study, um, to build your capacity um, so that um, when we continue to, to introduce new materials, um, things will begin to make sense because you're, found, you're building a strong foundation, okay? So are there any questions or comments concerning past lessons um, that we have gone over the lesson for today? Any questions at all? <laughs> All right, just want to make sure I afforded you all the opportunity to ask questions. So we are going to go ahead and pick up um, where we left off um, last, last week um, in our study. So I'm going to review a few things uh, really quick that we did go over. Um, uh, let me see here. That we did go over to make sure that you all have kind of an understanding. You're not going to understand it fully. Um, especially when I was introducing the ceremonial, civil, moral law, and various um, uh, groups um, in the in the New Testament, things of that things of that sort. But I do want to I, I wanted to just introduce you all to it, and as we continue on our study, you'll hear um, these various things being mentioned. Um, so let me share my screen. Oh. Biggest day. Okay. There we go. Okay. All right. So I hope you all are able to see my screen. Um, so last week we started talking about the end of an era. The law is no longer the direct authority for uh, for God's people, okay? So we, we talked to, about the, basically the transitioning of how the Jews handle um, transitioning from the law now to um, having the uh, Jesus's teachings and the apostles' teachings being their di direct authority. And so, um, so this class, we're gonna learn, continue to learn more about the relationship between dispensation and covenants of law and grace. Uh, we have to understand that it, it just wasn't a cut and dry transition, that um, God allowed them a period of time to transition uh, from um, having the law being the authority to now Jesus being the authority of their lives. God gave them a period of transition for, for that to occur, okay? Um, Point number two is that um, we are going to learn more how coherently the Bible unfolds God's plan 
to include non-Jews in a way like never before in the book of Acts. So we have been really talking about that for the last weeks or so on how the Gentiles were even um, put on the scene as um, uh, being able to to uh, partake in the new covenant. And we talked about how in the first 15 years, the new covenant was just open for the Jews. Um, and that that was because the Jews did not know that the Gentiles were a part of this new covenant. And so um, those Gentiles who wanted to become a part of um, this new covenant, they, they required them to go through Judaism. And we talked about it before how it was just in their, in their law that if any Gentile wanted to be a part of Judaism, they would have to, you know, be circumcised and follow the law and things of that sort. But now we're coming to a point um, in God's plan of salvation, where God is saying that that is no longer necessary, um, that uh, all you need is faith in Jesus Christ. And so we talked about in uh, Acts 15, at the Council of Jerusalem, how um, there was a big, it was a big debate, and they called Paul to the stand um, to basically talk about this, um, talk about this issue on how he is allowing people to be part of um, part of the church and not um, go through circumcision and the steps of Judaism. So, um, so we are seeing um, from one, from uh, we're seeing the transition coming out of this law and coming into the new covenant. People are um, coming into an understanding of what is going on during this period of time. And the third is we're gonna learn more about the critical yet temporary role of the apostles. The apostles had a specific role. They were unique um, and their specific role and unique um, is only given to, to them and to them only. No one else has that same um, authority or that same um, assignment like the apostles. And so we're going to talk about how they were critical um, the apostles and, and the prophets, um, how um, in um, Ephesians 2, how it says that they were responsible of laying the foundation and as Jesus Christ being the, the cornerstone. So now today, the foundation has been laid. We are no longer laying the foundation. We are actually building on the building. And so uh, we need to understand the, the implications of that. So we're, we'll talk about that um, later on as well. And so um, last week, uh, it was my goal to get through um, the debate about the law and acts and Jesus, the one the law appointed um, has now come, but we just got through the debate about the law and acts. Um, so this week we'll hit on Jesus, the one whom the law appointed, we'll touch on the apostolic leadership authority and prayerfully we'll get to the sensitivity, but uh, we'll see how um, everything goes. And if we did not, if we um, do not hit that today, um, definitely remember that it's your responsibility to do the reading, write down questions, write down some things you want to discuss and talk about and bring it up in the, you know, in the beginning or uh, if we hit a certain section, you wanna ask your question then, definitely do so um, because a lot of the stuff that in the, in the book, I'm not going to cover, um, but I will hit on some, some important things. But if you feel that you want to, um, for, for me or for anybody to expound on a certain um, point um, in the book, 
definitely bring it up so we can um, so we can t talk and discuss and fulfill the mission of uh, TLC, which is the chat part, uh, to talk about it. Okay, all right. So uh, we definitely talked about the three aspects of the law: the ceremonial, the civil, and the moral law. So when we talk about when we say law, um, it goes deeper than just saying law. OK, there were three aspects of the law. You have the ceremonial law, which dealt with sacrifices um, and uh, the, you know, uh, fulfilling the feast days and things of that sort. The things that they were um, instructed to do by God, um, if they were considered um, his people, God required them to do cert certain things. Um, uh, and so then you got the civil law which is basically how they conduct themselves, um, basically, you know, how to be civilized. So how they, how they would conduct themselves as Jews. Um, and then the moral law connects to their justification and their righteousness. So an aspect of the law um, that um, connects to um, uh, their, their righteousness. Okay. So that's, um, basically the three aspects of the law. Of course, we're going to go deeper. I'm just, you know, kind of just laying that foundation and we'll definitely build from there. But I will, um, at times when talking about the law, I will say, this is part of the civil law. This is part of the moral or this is part of ceremonial. So you guys have an understanding of what I'm talking about. Also, the three audience in the New Testament, remember that um, in the Gospels, Jesus is still dealing with old covenant Israel, okay? Even though the Gospels is in the New Testament, um, the Gospels um, is still considered old covenant. The new covenant did not start until, well, was not um, put in place until Acts 2, Okay, so therefore Jesus is dealing with a totally different audience of people. He is dealing with old covenant Israel. Um, he is the teacher for for the lost sheep of Israel, and so he deals with them differently um, uh, than how we are dealt with as the church. Okay, um, and so then after um, when Acts two uh, came to the scene. Uh, the new covenant. So now we're dealing with new covenant Israel, because at that time, no Gentiles were a part of the church because why um, they didn't know. And so the first 15 years of the church being established, it was just Jew, um, Jew only. Um, and so, um, and then after um, that 15 years, then it, it now is starting to look like the church, what God had in mind of the Jew and the Gentile coming together, um, 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 uh, being a part of, of the church. Salvation is open to those who uh, would believe, okay? So, um, and then remember the four transitions that we talked about last week. When you are studying the New Testament, you want to keep this framework in mind, okay, when studying various um, topics, um, various aspects of the New Testament, you want to keep these things in mind. And of course, we will um, practice with these so you have an understanding of what um, these um, transitional indicators mean. So transition from law to grace, transition from, uh, from having Old Testament scriptures to no written scriptures, okay? So when the church was established, they didn't have what we have. They didn't have New Testament scripture. And so therefore, 
um, the apostles were very important and prevalent during this time because they were revelators. They were given the revelation uh, from God. They were given scriptures. They were giving the word of God during this period of time. And so it is important uh, for us to understand that uh, when looking at the New Testament, that they didn't have what we have. They didn't have Paul's letters. They didn't have Peter's letters. They didn't have, you know, the the um, the apostles' letters. Um, they didn't have all that. And so, therefore, revelation was high during that time. Um, how God spoke to them through prophecy uh, was very high during that time. Uh, signs and miracles were very high because that was the way that that God used to uh, to communicate His revelation. Okay, and so that is something to really keep in mind. Number three is now God is shifting the focus from being from the people of God being the Jews. Now His people is the church, and so now we we there is a transition. There is a, the you can see the focus changing from um, one, one particular group of people to the next particular group of people, and that is the church. And then the last, lastly, um, the focus on presumption of discipleship, whereas um, during this period of time, once someone received um, Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they will devote themselves immediately to, um, devo to devotion, to studying, uh, studying the word of God, to prayer, it is an automatic thing um, in this first um, church period. Whereas today, it's not so automatic. Um, once, when someone um, give their give their life uh, or uh, accept Jesus Christ as as their Lord and Savior, many churches, many many um, places do not have in place systems um, that will help someone to um, to help them devote their time to um, the, the word of God and to prayer and to um, community. A lot of places don't really have that um, in place or they may have it in place, but don't emphasize the importance of, of being connected. Um, and so um, the first century church, they had, they, this was very prevalent. This was um, assumed. This was, um, this was something that uh, what you did, because disciple, the nature of discipleship or the culture of discipleship uh, was nothing new. This is something that they understood uh, when it came to discipleship. So Jesus didn't really start anything new when it came to discipleship. Um, but he, uh, but in this in this period of time here, discipleship was very common. And so people were, it was common for people to give up things. It was common for people to devote themselves daily to a particular teaching, okay? And so this is what the Jews knew. And so this is what was going on during that period of time, okay? So I just wanted to cover that again so we make sure that we kind of keep these things in mind. Um, uh, definitely uh, keep them on the, on the, in the back of your mind. Um, help them let, allow these things to help you kind of build your foundation when understanding scripture. Um, any questions so far? Questions or comments? All right. Uh, let me see here. Sorry, you guys. All right. Okay. So let's go ahead and hop into the lesson on 
today. So we are looking at Jesus, the one whom the law pointed has now um, has now come. Give me one second, you guys. Um, give me one second. Uh, let's see here. All right. Sorry. Um, so let's go ahead and um, look at this. The one who the law pointed to has has now come. And so this was the expectation of of the Jews. So this right here is like an exclusively Jewish situation. And so this is kind of um, what Galatians four four um, four four um, says that now the fullness fullness of time has come. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under, under the law, okay? So that they will receive adoptions of sons. And so now uh, we understand that Jesus came to redeem uh, first the Jews. And then secondly, he came to, um, he came to allow the, the enfolding of those uh, of the Gentiles um, to be now um, to become a part of of the family, and so now uh, Jesus uh, as the as the church, Jesus is our new uh, authority. So the Jews are looking at this, and so now Jesus and the apostles' teaching are now their authority, not the law anymore. And so we are we are looking at the transition on how 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 did this really play out? Okay, so Jesus. The, the teachings of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, um, the uh, teachings of the apostles replaced the civil and moral law, okay? And so now the, 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 uh, the, the law, civil and moral law, no longer justifies you, no longer helps you, uh, no longer justify you, nor sanctify you. Um, Jesus, faith in Jesus alone uh, in the in the death, burial, resurrection justifies you. And now the teachings of Jesus and the apostles' teachings now sanctifies you. Okay. So that's that's the connection from now looking at the law to now Jesus um, and apostles' teachings. That's how the, the transition happens. So civil and moral law. But when it comes to ceremonial law, there is no replacement uh, for that. Jesus fulfilled the ceremonial law. Um, how, you know, um, when it comes to the Jews, they would do sacrifices every day. Sacrifices um, was not a permanent as far as the fulfillment of it. It only lasted for a particular time and then he had to do it again. So they had daily sacrifices, monthly sacrifices, yearly sacrifices. But when Jesus came on the scene, now he fulfills all of those sacrifices, and he is the permanent, the the highest fulfillment of sacrifices, and there is nothing, um, nothing after that. Okay, so but today we try to um, look at a lot of our um, uh, our sacraments or a lot a lot of our traditions. We a lot a lot of our religious traditions. We try to hold them up as being the same um, as, as ceremonial, uh, such as baptism and such as communion and things of that sort and try to make it uh, like we have to do these particular things uh, in order to be saved. 
Um, and um, scripture will, will definitely go against that. Okay. So let's go ahead and, um, and hop here into our first slide. It says that Luke argues that believers in Jesus are not opposed to the Mosaic law uh, because the law is fulfilled in Jesus. Now, what exactly is meant when we say Jesus hath fulfilled the law? It simply means, number one, there can no longer be any means of justification found in obeying the Mosaic law code. Um, so that means that neither, um, neither aspect of the law, especially the civil and moral, um, can um, fulfill justification, okay? Uh, it, it, um, uh, so the Pharisees, they really honed in when it came to the ceremonial, when it came to the, the ceremonial law, they held that to a higher um, esteem or a higher, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess a higher esteem than the civil, uh, than the civil and moral law. Um, and so, um, so now Jesus is coming on the scene and saying that uh, none of that matters. And you see how now there is a lot of conflict between these um, Jewish groups because now Jesus is um, is showing them. First, he showed them how to fulfill the law to its highest interpretation. And, that, and then now he is saying that the authority, um, according to the book of Luke, the authority is now in him. Okay. So that, that's, that's what's going on during, during this time here. And number two, um, going back to the slide, that the Mosaic law code is no longer in effect um, as the direct authority, sanctification for God's people. Okay. So here, uh, we see God's people are changing um, from God's people being being the the Jews to now the church, um, and so it, it it's moving from justification um, in in the law, um, justification sanctification in the law. Now that's being in Jesus Christ, um, and so the law cannot move us to the image of Jesus Christ. The law cannot move us to um, getting closer to the mind of Christ, but it is in Jesus's teachings that gets us close to the mind, the mind of Christ. Okay. Um, so let's go back to this. Nope. That's the slide. Yeah. I guess that's the next. Nope. Let me see. Make sure where I am. Yeah, I'm going back to this slide, sorry. But the message of the early gospel preachers, the apostles, was that Jesus Christ has satisfied every jot and tittle of the Mosaic law, okay? But some, some Jewish groups saw it differently. They, they believed that um, since Jesus obeyed the law, all three aspects of the law, and he did it um, perfectly, and he is our example. If Jesus Christ is our example, then we should do the same. We should fulfill the law like Jesus fulfilled the law. Um, and so um, and so Jesus, they believe that Jesus was just like us. He was a Jew. And so therefore, we should do what Jesus did. We should still continue in the law. But now we're going to exercise it at its highest authority. And, uh, and that right there is um, a, 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 um, a belief of the Judaizers. 
So they believed that they still needed to follow the law and believe in Jesus Christ. But now the, the standard is just have faith in Jesus Christ and now follow the teachings of Jesus Christ and the apostles. And so this was a lot of debate. You see it in the book of Galatians. You see it in Paul's letters, um, basically coming against the Judaizers that have been telling people that they still needed to follow the law, okay? Any questions or comments so far? Okay, this chart right here shows us, gives us an idea or gives us an illustration of the, um, how temporal the Mosaic law is. As you see, when we're looking at the Mosaic law, I hope you guys can see my mouse, um, the Mosaic law is not connected to the Abrahamic covenant, okay? Um, the Mosaic law was uh, for, for a particular time, for a particular people, and it had its end at the cross. You see the Mosaic law doesn't go past the cross like the other covenants, the Palestinian, the Davidic, the new covenant. It, it does not go, um, the, the Mosaic law does not go beyond, beyond the cross. So that let, lets us know how temporary um, the, uh, the Mosaic law is, okay? I thought that was a really good illustration to show. Um, uh, how it's temporal the law is, okay? Okay, next slide, it says, and because um, he did, his obedience qualified him to become the supreme sacrifice for all who would believe on him, okay? So Paul will later argue that um, the, the law was temporary, okay? Um, it said it was never, he will say, he will talk about how the law was never meant to be permanent, okay? Jesus fulfilled the intended purpose for the temple and for, for the law. So the intended purpose was the indwelling of, of God, okay? So now uh, the, now God, Jesus um, made it possible for, for us to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us, rather than um, the indwelling of God being in a temple, okay? Um, and so, um, so the temple was the indwelling of God and the law represented the infilling of God and Jesus fulfilled both. So now um, the way that we receive infilling is through um, the word of God. Uh, we receive infilling through Jesus's teachings. We receive infilling through the apostles' teachings. Um, that's how we receive um, the the infilling of of the Holy Spirit now. Okay. Um, so regarding justification, uh, going back to the slide, it says regarding justification, we are told repeatedly in Scripture that the Mosaic law code was not even given for the purpose of justification. Instead, it was given as a curse so that God's people, Israel, will see just how much they needed a savior. Okay, so let's look at some scripture. Paul really brings it out here. He said, for the promise that he will inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the inheritance um, adherence of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is, is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither there is no violation. 
Okay. And then in chapter five, it says, but the law came in with the result that the trespass multiplied, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more so that just as sin exercised dominion and death, so grace might also exercise dominion through justification, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then the last one, it says in Galatians chapter three, it says that for all who relied on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, curse is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hung on a pole or what we know as uh, curse is the one who hang on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the spirit. Okay. So uh, the, the law was given basically as a curse to allow the people of God to understand and to know um, that they really needed a savior. Okay. Um, uh, and so even though the, the people of Israel represented all mankind, God dealt with them particularly. Um, this is part of God's plan, plan of salvation here. Okay. Um, um, so he worked, God worked, uh, through his divine order and worked with them first. Okay. Um, going back to the last sentence of this slide, it says, uh, but of course, as we see in the book of Acts, seen also through the gospels, the gospel of Jesus Christ became a stumbling block for the Jews. How did the, um, how did the gospel become a stumbling block for the Jews? I'm gonna ask that question. So I talk about this a lot. So how did the gospel of Jesus Christ become a stumbling block for the Jews? Um, did it kind of mess with their what they believed in like they you know they're so used to how they were in the old ways that they couldn't understand the new that is part of it that is part of it but I'm looking for a particular answer What did Jesus do that Jesus did not did he not bring in the gen oh wait hold on I think I was about to go somewhere else say what you was about to say and then I'm gonna see if I was about to go somewhere else I said what did Jesus do um in his acts that the people were no longer dealing with with Jesus right is it because he dealt with Gentiles mm -mm. is that what you're going for mm-mm they didn't like his authority that he came. Um, he came in, they were, they were kind of, well, they didn't like the fact that he said that he had the authority to do certain things, especially in the temple. Yeah, that's 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 part of it too. What was and the he declared, He declared that he was Lord of the Sabbath. What was the final act of Jesus? 
His death. His death. How did he die? On the cross. On the cross. And that hung on a tree. Yeah. Because the way he died, that was a stumbling block for the Jews. They were like, oh no, he died like a common criminal. This cannot be our savior. Yes. Okay, I got your question now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a stumbling block. So they a lot of them couldn't couldn't accept the death, the burial, the resurrection. They couldn't accept that. It was just like, what? How let's know. Our our savior supposed to ride in here on a horse, is supposed to uh conquer the land uh from the Romans, and we are supposed to get our land back, and he didn't even do that. And so we see, we kind of see that, um, that disappointment from his disciples, um, those who were walking on the road of Emmaus, uh, they were walking around with their head hung, hung low and Jesus approached them, but they, um, did not recognize Jesus. Um, and they were talking, he was like, man, where, where you been? So Jesus asked them like, what's, what's wrong? What's going on? And the people were like, man, where have you been? You haven't heard about this, um, uh, this uh, this guy who claimed to be the Messiah and he did all the miracles, he did everything, but then he died, man. And so they were just, they were just all of a sudden, all of their hope and, and Jesus went away because of this particular act, okay? So that, it was a stumbling block for, for the Jews, okay? So let's go into our book, on page 177. Mm, 177, the second under, under um, Jesus, the one whom the law uh, pointed to, go to the second paragraph. It says the final chapters of Acts are devoted to defending Paul and the gospel in a similar way. Paul repeatedly declares in Acts um, 21 um, through 28 that he believes everything that agrees with the law and that is written um, in the prophets. Um, And uh, he has done nothing wrong against the law um, of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. He is saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said will happen. And he has done nothing um, against our people or against the customs of our ancestors. So basically Jesus was innocent. He didn't do, he didn't do anything wrong. He did exactly what the scripture said that he was going, going to do. Okay. This next uh, point, it says in this sense, then in, in this sense, then Jesus followers are not against the law and the prophets. The one they proclaimed as the risen Lord was anticipated by the law and the prophets. Okay. And so that, that, I I believe that's an important um, thing to underline right there. Jesus followed not against the law and the prophets, the one they proclaim as the risen Lord was anticipated by the law and the prophets, okay? Um, and so that's something to really, really keep in mind there. Um, so any um, questions or comments about this particular section here about the law? 
We're good. Um, all right, let's go ahead and hit the, um, the other section here is the apostolic leadership and authority. I'm doing good on time here. Um, so um, Jesus himself, let's start there. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, Jesus himself spent three years preparing his disciples um, to become the new authority of the church. Okay. So after his death and resurrection, um, Jesus' authority is transferred to the apostles. And then um, it was transferred to the apostles um, in some extent. So that authority um, is given to the church. Um, but the authority that the apostles had looks differently from everyone else. Okay. Um, so the, the authority that the apostles had looked different from the other disciples. Okay. And so when the scriptures are, uh, talking or addressing the, the, the apostles or addressing the disciples, we have to discern whether or not what the scriptures are talking about are specifically for the apostles or, uh, what the scriptures is talking about, um, includes everyone, includes the, um, the, uh, disciples as well. Okay. Um, so that's, some, that's a, a practice that we'll, we'll definitely look at. So it says the office and the role the, and the apostles of the apostles and those clearly associated with them will become critical during the transition era for God's people. Jesus direct apostles will figuratively lay the foundation of the church, okay? So here it is in Ephesians 2, um, 19 to 22, that says that, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple, in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Okay. And so we see the specific work, the particular work of the apostles and the prophets. Um, they laid the foundation um, through um, through giving, giving of the word of God. The prophets gave the word of God. The apostles, the prophets gave the word of God, which represents the Old Testament. The apostles gave the word of God where represents the new, the new Testament and Jesus Christ, um, holding it all together. He's, um, that, that chief cornerstone. Okay. Um, let's go back here to, to the slide. Um, let's see here. Oh, as revelators and in charge of laying the foundation of the church, they had a, uh, see here. Nope. Where am I? Nope. Okay. Hold on. Sorry. Okay, in fact, there we go. Um, in fact, the first criteria for Judas replacement um, is one who had been taught by Jesus himself. Okay, so now we see the criteria and the qualifications uh, for being an apostle is right in scripture. Okay, um, in Acts 1 and 21, it says that so one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went 
out, went in and out among us, beginning from baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us. And one of these men must become uh, with uh, must become with us a witness to his resurrection. So here we see two qualifications right there. They must have been with the Lord Jesus. Um, at least from the beginning of his um, ministry until the time he was taken up. So, um, so the disciples that were with him during his whole three years um, are qualified. And then one, one of these men must become uh, with us a witness to his resurrection. Okay. And so that qualifies you uh, at least the first level of, of, of becoming an apostle. And we see when they had to replace Judas, the, the um, apostles uh, look to the church and says, choose from, one of, from, from these men, um, someone who could, uh, who could replace. And so the church chose um, the next apostle, okay? And so that's something to, to really keep in mind when looking at office that those who are, um, are, called, are called to office, they have to have a, a good reputation or a good report from the church. The church recognizes or confirms those who have been called um, into office, okay? Um, and so I wanted to just kind of bring that out right there. Uh, going back to the slides. <laughs> Yep. So is this is that kind of where I'm going back to? Is so that kind of where they keep like holding their asses in and out per se? Like when they have their kids, I know like a lot of my people like they have a few, I guess, more than the church to come together and vote upon the past, like the candidate of the past. Like vote upon that, or if they felt like the pastor wasn't doing their job, they would take it to the church and vote that pastor out. Is that kind of like the same concept of where you would think they would get that from, or is it just kind of something that you said? That that yeah, this is yeah, this is where they where they get that concept, um, but they're not really <laughs> that correct um, in it. Um, so yeah, this is kind of the concept of they must be um, approved uh, by by the by the church for them to hold this particular um, position. Um, but uh, one thing that we really miss is that um, it is it is based on when we look at scripture, it is based on those who have been in discipleship. The disciples decide. Whereas today, a lot of church members are not disciples. They are just believers. And so they're, they're judging based on the fact of, well, he, he didn't come visit me in the hospital. So he ain't my pastor no more, or we need to remove him because of their, their, they have a worldly perspective of, of how, you know, leadership should be versus how the disciples um, in the first, uh, first century, um, they, actually looked at scripture um, as a criteria of whether or not someone should be in leadership or not. So yeah, they got that idea from here, but um, the way that we carry it out today is not really scriptural for real, for real. When you uh, really listen to the reason on why they were doing certain people. So. That makes sense. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, any other questions or comments? 
that's a good point that a lot of it is based on popularity or feelings and emotions, how you feel about a person, but mm-hmm. um, uh, voting as far as leadership and it's not scriptural based. So that's good. Yeah. Like when you think about it, now I think about it, uh, how, <laughs> how the Baptist, how a lot of, not even Baptists, but a lot of churches, when they kind of bringing in their new pastor, they'll have them preach. And so they'll, they'll get the hooping and get the hollering. They get the shaking of the leg and they say, Ooh, that boy can preach that. That's our new pastor right there. Emotions. They don't know nothing about this person. A lot of people out here are applying for pastoral positions, but the congregation knows nothing about them. That is against scripture. They should like, as as we see here in the the book of Acts, they chose from among them. So they know the ins and outs of that person. So they, they pick somebody who they thought could be trusted. But with us, we pick on based on they can, they can shout is real good. They can hoop and holler and sweat and fling the sweat and lay hands on folks and all that stuff, but they life might be jacked up, but we knew nothing about it. Go ahead, um, Wayman. Now I know the, uh, the Kojic church, they don't, when it comes to being within concerning the local church, they will easily go without. They will go find somebody down, you know what I mean? if they have to, but they're getting better at that. But I, I saw, I thought about something you said, how, but when you get up, the higher you get in their church, far as national church and stuff like that, everything is within, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they always grab that, that bishop that's been around. The only problem, because you said this, and I was like, man, that's where they're missing it. It's about, if you want to be the bishop, you got to go campaign, mm-hmm. which isn't about, Oh, does he teach good? Does he teach this well? Does he do that? It's all about, do the people like you and are you famous and popular? You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and this ain't taking nothing away that he's an awesome teacher or a great and mighty man of God because I, I didn't watch him as much. But like, I knew Bishop Sheard was going to win. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it because his popularity, even before that was in, even though they did not want him to win because he's like the youngest, he's, he's eccentric, you know what I mean? He's, he's a little forward thinking for them because they're much older, but I knew he would grab it because his popularity was insane, the names he's connected to, and it was just like, boom, you know, so all we ever hear, you know, I don't, I don't hear what he teach or what he does. It's just like, man, he got the popular vote, so now he's in there. Yep. <laughs> yep. And this is huh. where we have erred. Go ahead. I think another interesting part of what I thought I heard Daryl say was about voting people out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, is there any Bible for that? <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, there, there is. If, if they're not fulfilling their, their I'm about to uh, uh, give it to you, but if they're not fulfilling their duties, then um, the church has every right to remove that person. Yeah. But they didn't get it from Acts. The, the, the criteria- I'm missing of, something, yeah. Well, the, the criteria on why they moved them out, they don't get it from scripture at all. 
They don't mm-hmm. get it from all. But it is a biblical thing to do. But they mm-hmm. don't, they don't they don't get it from scripture. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else? All right, cool beans. Good, good combo. Good conversation. I there. have my hand up louder. I'm sorry. I didn't see. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. that's okay. That's okay. Uh, it was my understanding that when it comes to that type of um, of uh, government, if you will, if I can say it that way, that it was all on the shoulders of the elders uh, and not the entire congregation, if you will. Now, mm-hmm. I do know that, uh, as you know, that back in the day, uh, or maybe you don't, but back in the day uh, when I was a little girl and coming up in uh, in a ministry that they did vote the pastor in. That's why they could vote him out, which was man-made government. But when it came to the government government of the Bible, as it relates to what Paul, uh, Paul uh, established in the church, that mm-hmm. it is the elder, it is the elders that determine, let's say, let's say, uh, 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 let's just say for, I'm going to use me, let's say for an example, as been proven <clears throat> by the elders to preach of the gospel and given that, uh, that a platform to preach the word of God to the congregation. Let's say I start preaching heresy. Uh, it is the eldership that brings and sit me down or whatever, uh, or bring, you know, and, and determine do I continue on or not. But uh, uh, so you're right. saying, or, or am I hearing wrong? Uh, no, I, no, I, you're, you're actually right because what we're looking at now in Acts, we're looking at the beginnings of the church. Okay. So this is this is how they appointed people. This okay. um, the apostles they had few people in line, um, and so they said from the church pick from among you. Mm-hmm. So now you have, like you said, Paul established elders. So elders um, are um, are chosen from within, actually. Right, They're chosen right. from 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 the church, and mm-hmm. so um, and so now, like in your example, if you're preaching heresy, the mm-hmm. elders must mm-hmm. are are responsible for uh, for coming to that person and saying, you know, mm, you're a little wrong in your teacher, because you see that in the book of Corinthians. Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Aquila and Priscilla pulled Apollos aside and began mm-hmm. to bring him up in his um, knowledge of the word. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so you definitely see that. So yes, today, um, a, a lot of our church structure is, is incorrect because right. we have one man running mm-hmm. a church. Mm-hmm. Whereas in scripture, Paul left a plurality of elders in charge. Mm-hmm. um to to run a church and so um and so if anybody gets out of line it's not one man deciding it's actually a group of elders that are deciding mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. so you're right yeah so we're just as okay. you see we're looking at the transition of how everything began to be in play yeah gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. i'm sorry <laughs> no you're good that's a, that's really good to, to 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 bring up so yeah thank you for taking us there because we have to see that Acts is really just giving us a record of how things are being established. I'm like, we're looking right. at the, the, the very, very beginning of the church. Like, 
Okay. Yeah. Few days yeah. in, you know. Right, and so now right. uh we're seeing how that government begin to to um begin to develop and to begin to form. Now we're looking at, you know, uh fast forwarding to, to Paul and how um he established things um according to the authority of Jesus Christ. Um and so now that that should be our authority today of how Paul structured the church, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at Antioch, if you look at Antioch, and even though that was, I guess they was also had a, you know, trying to operate in a form of government, if you will, because if you look at Antioch, they had their prophets, teachers, and it was the Holy Spirit that told them to lay hands on Paul and Barnabas and release them into that ministry. So even now that what I guess from that, even no matter how, you know, uh, how the uh, uh, the government grew and whatever happened after that. But what sticks with me is the fact that even when you are, are, are in ministry, there still should be someone, I think, according to watching scripture, that you just don't go out there and do what you want to do. That if the Holy Spirit told them to lay hands on Barnabas and Paul and to release them and, you know, to go do what they're supposed to be doing. It came from a place of government. That's what I'm trying to stick to. It came from a place of some type of government within that with Antioch, within that uh, assembly. Am I wrong? Or, or, or yeah, what? it is. a It is a group of people that gave the authority, not just one, though. That's the mm-hmm. part that. Uh, right. that really kind of hangs us up that we think one person should 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 be that particular person but it, like you said in Antioch it was a group of them um, yeah it was the were, teachers and the prophets and stuff but when it narrows down because like you said it was like fine tuning because that's where we had it to find you know you're going you know so I guess the identification of who that group of people would that not take us back to the elders or no they will, they will be considered, well, even though, um, you know, Paul at that time, you know, was in the beginning. So they will uh-huh. be considered, you know, the elders, the leaders of the church right, at that time. Right, they right. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're right. right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That, that, uh, cause a lot of people don't understand that. Um, that, um, when you look at these examples, uh, like uh, what, uh, even I was talking about that, it just wasn't one man doing all this, but it was particularly a group of people that got together and, um, uh, they, um, when they, um, commissioned, um, Paul and Barnabas to go out, it wasn't number one, it wasn't just for them to start, start churches, they actually had a purpose. And it says in the scripture on why Paul and Barnabas went out was to go and to receive funds for the Jerusalem church who were under persecution. But as they went, just like in the in the um, commission of Jesus, as you go, make disciples. So as they were going out, receiving um, funds to help the Jerusalem church the this is the 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 plan of god this is the 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 actual plan of god was for to for paul to go ahead and establish and begin to um preach and begin to teach um so as he was going the main purpose of paul and barnabas going was to receive funds but um as they went they began to preach. They began to teach. This is all part of um, God's divine movement for the church. And so we should not um, be so eager to go out and try to start a church or try. You, you, 
we should not be so eager to, but as we go throughout our days, we should be able um, to, to, to minister, to, to preach and to teach uh, uh, one another. And that's, I believe that's where um, a lot of people get confused and a lot of people get hung up when it comes to come to this stuff. So we're just kind of touching on it a little bit. But of course, it goes deeper and deeper than that. But yeah, so that's that's really that's really that's really good. That's really good. Um, yep, we're over time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, definitely um, the last section was talking about the um, in, uh, the insensitivity about the the Jews um, and how during this particular time um, that we must be sensitive to how the Jews were um, coming into um, understanding that the law was no longer um, uh, their authority. And uh, we talked about, there's some parts in, in, the, in that particular reading that talks about how Paul still, um, still uh, made Timothy to be circumcised in order to win souls. I would think we talked about that last week, but it's in this particular section here about the insensitivity. Um, and, so, um, and so, yeah, so definitely continue to read if you have not finished. Um, this is really good discussion that we had today. And, um, and so we will definitely pick up um, uh, in our new class that starts on February 12th is the commitment to discipleship. The books are in. Um, I told um, the beginning of class that I won't be at church today, but I will be there. I believe we have church Wednesday, so I'll be there. So um, definitely get a book from me and we'll go ahead and, and continue on our journey of TLC journey. Okay. So are there any comments or questions? Good, 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 good class. Good class. So let's go ahead and pray out. Um, so father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, oh God, for allowing us to come together um, and to worship and adore you. Um, we thank you, oh God, for allowing us to um, understand your word, God. We're um, trucking through your word, Father. We're um, growing um, in our understanding and in our knowledge of your word, Father. But allow us not to just get caught up on getting the understanding, but not um, and, but not um, being able to, to walk this out, Father. So God, uh, we, th we are thankful for the Holy Spirit that will continue to minister to us, continue to reveal to us, continue to illuminate this word to us, Father, so that we can um, be able to walk in the manner in which you have called us to walk, Father. So God, we lift you up uh, and we give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all, and I'll see you all next time. Thank you, great class. Oh, that's how you do it. Okay.